This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And Mark, today we have a special guest, but it's not really the guest that we've had in the traditional sense. We're trying something out new here. Talking about the for Lions the onside fan? kick. Is it the no, Lions no, guy? No, we don't have Lions guy on oh, today. Not the Lions We've guy. got our own Tony Reale in studio with Sean Anderson, who's going to be exactly that. He's going to be our Tony Reale when we're talking. He's going to fact check us, make sure that we're staying on pace. And Sean, if you want to say something, you can say hi to everybody out there. I think it's more, my name more should be Stat Bitch, because that's basically who I'm going to be. But <laughs> hello, everyone. That's I'm basically Stat yeah. what Sean's going to be doing today for us. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking some Super Bowl 50, some Johnny Manziel, some Calvin Johnson. Is he a Hall of Famer? And we're going to start with that big game, Super Bowl 50, because really this week, I, I came in and I told you, Mark, it's like, Last week, we're like, oh, this podcast is going to be Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And then Calvin Johnson said, but hey, guys, I'm going to decide to retire. And Johnny Football's like, hey, I'm going to decide to get myself released. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, like, is it fine if I get out of here? I really want to leave Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would think that he's kind of been doing everything in his power mm-hmm. to really ruin his time in Cleveland. Uh, whether it's because he doesn't want to be there, because really, who wants to go to Cleveland? Would you bring your family to Cleveland? No, I would not. Exactly. I, I, visiting only, but we're going to start with the big game, Super Bowl 50. And Mark, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Yeah. Does Denver have a chance? Because you're probably the only person I know picking them. Oh, yeah. Denver's got a chance, all right. Uh, they have the better defense of the two. Not by much, but it is a little bit better. Uh, they've got the way... Statistically, I would say they've got the better uh, passing game. Mm-hmm. Run game, of course, is going to go to Carolina because that's what they do. They run the ball. Well, Jonathan Stewart compared to C.J. Anderson is easily no comparison. Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing for me when it comes to Denver. I want Carolina to win. I do because I like to claw up. I claw up all day, every but day. But you're picking Peyton Manning. Because... I've been saying for the last, like, four years now that the man would ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. with a Super Bowl victory. This is try number two. We're hoping it's going to happen. And I really do think that he, he knows he's going to retire, and he's going to do everything in his power to walk away with that second Super Bowl victory so he can tie better Manning. Well, and he told family members that mm-hmm. this he's most likely going to retire. That's what they're saying, yeah. After the Super Bowl, and I mean— let, let's be honest. Calvin Johnson said the same thing to his family, and look look what happened. But the one thing I totally glanced over that we ne- I need to mention is, can we just say like how that Super Bowl opening night thing was so fucking stupid? Did you even watch it, Mark? No. And I watched a little bit of it when I came home from the primetime podcast that me and Brandon recorded. Go ahead and check it out on our SoundCloud page. Kind of pit myself out there, but... It was one of those things where I'm watching Cam Newton. It's like, okay, cool. And I saw John Norman or Josh Norman put on a luchadore mask, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time to switch over to the Iowa caucuses. I think it's time to watch a little bit of Hillary and Bernie. That's how boring the Super Bowl opening night was for me. A guy like me who doesn't pay attention to politics went over and watched politics. Mm-hmm. 
and the beginning of the pod. There's like this isn't really preseason politics anymore. This might be like game three of the preseason yeah. politics. Um, yeah, I, I don't really care. I don't care about media week very much. I think it's dumb. I think it's all just a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, it's just grasping for something. You know, you can see the questions to Peyton Manning, and it's like, hey, are you going to retire? You really think he's going to go, yeah. He would have said it already if he was going to, so asking him five, six times isn't going to change anything, make anything different. Well, I mean, like today they had, like, uh, I of course they're doing more interviews, and it's like Cam Newton talking for, like, ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to switch to something else because there's so much of, like, an actual interview on SportsCenter Mm-hmm. That I can actually take, and it's like once it went over to SVP Sports Center, I'm like, cool, I'm back on the Sports Center wagon. But until we got to that, I was like, oh my god, just have it during the day and show me the best parts at night. Yeah, you got to fill so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care about that very much. I, I just think for for this game, I expect. I know Ricky, you're saying it's going to be a blowout, or you have like the two options. One I, of which you think is going to be a blowout. It's going to. This is what's going to happen. It's either going to be one of these two in my mind. Number one, it's going to be the game that I would love to see because it'll be entertaining. Where Broncos defense shuts the door, and Cam Newton and Jonathan Stewart and their core of wide receivers this year, because Benjamin is injured, is like, holy crap, we have never faced a defense like this all year. And then the other side, the Panthers' defense is like, don't worry, bro, we're keeping you in the game. You just do you and try to chip away. That's the game I want to see because it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun to watch. However, the one that I think we're going to see is that the Panthers' defense just shuts the door on noodle arm, as you like to call them, and Cam Newton just says, you know what, I'm not going to play – as good, we're not going to blow them out as much as we did Arizona, but our defense is playing just enough to do better against your offense than your defense did against us. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think for the sake of the Denver Broncos, they have to keep it close. The defense mm-hmm. has to be doing what they've been doing all season, which is letting Peyton Manning be in the position to win a game. Um, but, yeah, if they can't do that, then I don't think they have a chance. If Carolina can go out there and just have their way with this team, with this defense, you can't expect Peyton Manning, the noodle arm, to go out there and do it. He just doesn't have it in him. But if he can dink his dunk, you know, dink and dunk his way up four yards at a time, mm-hmm. then he's going to do what he's been doing all season, essentially. Well, and uh, I can't even remember assuming which— he doesn't throw all the interceptions. I can't remember which cornerback it was for the Panthers. They asked him yesterday at— opening night, I almost call it media night, but I guess it's opening night now. Oh, well, what about the weak arm of Peyton Manning? He's like, I don't know what you guys are watching. I haven't seen, he hasn't been weak to me. It's like, really? Have we been watching the same year? The guy Mm -hmm. who it physically looks like it hurts his arm to throw more than 40 yards down the field? Yeah. Well, he can't say that. He doesn't want to give any motivation to uh, to big old five head out there. And I don't know, like, let's be honest. When Peyton Manning has had three Super Bowls. This will be his Mm. fourth Super Bowl. The teams that he has played, in case you're too young or don't remember, the Bears, the Saints, and the Seahawks. The two teams that have beaten him, Mark, what have they had on the offensive side? Quarterbacks. A quarterback. The Bears, let's be honest, the Bears team that that year, Rex Grossman was carried to the Super Bowl by that defense. Mm. And that was in Peyton spite Man- of yeah. Rex Grossman. And that was Peyton Manning's only 
Super Bowl win. The other one's Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Another interesting thing that I found out on ESPN, in that like those three games, he's had three touchdowns compared to four INTs, and two of those INTs have gone for touchdowns. Because of that, I'm saying Josh Norman or any of the other just Panther cornerbacks, they're going to get a pick six, at least in, one of them. In a normal situation, I'd probably say, yeah, but the fact that Peyton Manning can't throw the ball mm-hmm. that far, I really don't think there's going to be an opportunity. I really don't. I think if the, if they're going to pick it off for a pick six, it's going to be a jumped route. Mm-hmm. They're going to jump a slant or jump a curl. I just can't ex- I can't imagine that Gary Kubiak is letting Peyton Manning hold on to the ball for more than like two seconds, a snap. Well, this is something Get where— Get in your arm, throw it. This is where I think the Panthers' defense is going to be, okay, they're getting into mm-hmm. rhythm. They're doing this. They're going to call the slant, and the cornerback's just going to jump on it and get right in front mm-hmm. of either Thomas or Sanders and just carry it off into a touchdown. It's going to be like one of those ones where it's like, oh, he jumped the slant perfectly. Yeah. you got to hope for there's no drops, too, in, mm-hmm. Peyton's, set, uh, in Peyton's case here because, you know, like I said, they're going to go for short yardage. You don't have the opportunity to miss a play, miss a down in that case. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, if any team can pick off a quarterback, it is the Carolina Panthers. That's what they do. They force turnovers. Mm-hmm. They do a great job of it. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to watch this Super Bowl. I really am. You know, I, I don't really care one way or another about Peyton Manning that much, but I would like to see the guy ride off in the sunset with one more. I would really hate to see him go in and lose yet another Super Bowl, to lose three in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in a row for him. Yeah, for him personally. Yeah, yeah to lose three in a row. Because he won in 2007, so, then it was, yeah, uh, well, it was that 06, 07 year, and then he lost to Drew Brees, that was what, 11, and then Russell Wilson in 13. What was that, 2005, 2006? All right, 2007 for the Bears. It was uh, February 4th, 2007, so 2006, 2007. Good job, uh, Super Bowl uh, where they faced off against the New Orleans Saints, February 7th, 2010, so 2009, 2010. Okay. And then Super Bowl against Seattle was February 2nd, 2014, so 2013, 2014 season. Yeah, it was that Saint, it's that Saints one to me where I didn't know like the year. The only reason I know that Bears year is because I remember – that was my junior year, and that was my golden birthday. Mm-hmm. And that's, I usually like how I did my birthday was I had people over for the Super Bowl because my birthday is in early January. What do you want to do in early January? Let's wait till February and have the Super Bowl. But I mean, on the Panther side, Cam Newton, this is his first Super Bowl. And yeah. not only like, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to say, well, is the nerves going to be there? For Cam Newton, because to me it's kind of like the same situation as Russell Wilson. When he played the Broncos, it was his first Super Bowl as well, and he wasn't a first overall pick. Mm -mm. The thing I think with Cam Newton that's going to be interesting to see is going up against a good defense as well. However, the Broncos knew the plan to beat Tom Brady. Don't let him step up in the pocket. Whereas Cam Newton, he's going to have to use his legs for the team to win this game. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to have one big rush play for them to win this game. Well, yeah, we we talked about it last week where I was essentially saying for for Cam Newton, just go out there and play like this is the last game of your career. 
you got to play the same way that Peyton Manning's playing because mm-hmm. Peyton Manning's going to do that. He's saying this is it. Well, this is it, yeah. This is it. And it actually is. So Cam Newton's got to go out there and do the same thing. Play like you're playing out in the backyard. Just go out there, be crazy, be Cam Newton. The Cam Newton who, you know, maybe more of Cam Newton who came out of college immediately. Uh, I think that's going to benefit you because that's just making it more difficult for this Broncos defense. They just got one more guy. And also, you do that, they can't just focus on stopping your running back mm-hmm. to take away the run game. Because if you know the Carolina Panthers don't get that run game going, they got the second best rushing, you know, second best rushing yards, second best rushing attack, essentially. Mm-hmm. If they can't get that going, then you know it's going to be tough for them because the passing game is not what this team does. They are defense; they are running the ball. And the one thing you could look at is with the this is the largest age gap of between two starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. And you could legitly look at this and say it's a father versus son kind of matchup because 39 years old to 26 years old, Peyton Manning kind of like the father of the NFL right now where Cam Newton, 26, kind of younger, he's like the little son. I know he's not a rookie, but he's kind of on that younger side of NFL players Peyton Manning's been there before. This is his fourth. His, this is his fourth rodeo. I know he said this could be his last one, but this is his fourth rodeo in mm-hmm. the big game. Cam Newton's never been here. Yeah. This season, though, I mean, I know the injuries have been there, but Cam Newton, thirty-five to ten touchdown to INT. However, Peyton, when he's come back in the playoffs, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He has yet to throw an interception. I think he throw he throws one in this game. Yeah, I think it'll be a big talking point, too, for if it does happen, when it's going to happen. Another thing, I think, to look out for the Carolina Panthers, I mean, this team scores points. They score the most points out of anybody, and they've been doing it in the postseason so far. So are they going to be able to get off to that big lead? And they've been doing it early. Are they going to be able to do it early, or are the Denver Broncos actually going to stop them? Because you know they're talking about it in practice every day. How do we stop this team from scoring two, three touchdowns on us immediately? Well, and I mean— Another thing that's going to hurt that, I think, in this game is the Denver defense might be able to come out early and stop this Panther attack because I'm going to give the credit to Denver's deep. Both of these defenses are good defenses. I mean, there's a reason why they say defenses win championships, but this show isn't called cliche, so I'm not going to go into that. But the one thing that I think is going to hurt Denver is if Peyton can't do anything against this Carolina defense, eventually the more shots that Newton has against Denver's defense, he's going to find a way to beat it at least once for a touchdown. So like, okay, 7 nothing. okay, it's manageable. Okay, 14 nothing. come on, Peyton, you got to do something. By the time it gets to 21 nothing, if it gets there, this Denver defense is going to be like, come on, do something for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And Peyton might be... Maybe, hey guys, I'm trying. We're not going to get into if Brock the Cox sees the field this game because he won't. It would be fun if he did. I'm still saying <laughs> it would be fun if Brock the Cox came in and won the Super Bowl. And won the game for him? That'd be great. Especially if it was like, you know, they were down by 28, and then here comes the young gun, Brock the Cox. Ready, <laughs> Brock to, the ready to make his well. name known in the NFL. But I'm another point I'm going to make, and this goes just for Denver. This is a must. Like I know, like in the Super Bowl, it's a must-win game because nobody wants to lose in the Super Bowl. But 
if Denver doesn't win this Super Bowl, they're going to wait a few years before they come back. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is this upcoming offseason, Von Miller, Danny Trevathan, Brandon Marshall, three linebackers hit offseason. They're not going to get all three of them back. Next year, they, they'll make the playoffs. They'll be like, okay, cool, we're still good. However, in 2017, DeMarcus Ware and Darian Stewart, defensive end and safety. So the next two for like offseasons, they're going to lose five key, possibly five key defensive pieces. Brock is also a free agent. Brock is also a free agent too, so they could lose Brock. Yeah. I mean, there's no guarantee that Brock's coming especially because they did they did make him go take another seat. But with that defense, just this offseason, Von Miller, Trevathan, Brandon Marshall. I mean, th- some of those guys may come back, but the thing I'm hinting at is I don't think Von Miller comes back. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I am riding the train of if Denver if Denver loses this game, Von Miller is in a Bears uniform next year. I'm calling it. I guess it's possible. I would be surprised. Von Miller goes to play with his old coach, John Fox. It's one big splash, and and being the Bears fan, I know Ryan Pace wants to to spread the money out this time. Um, One thing I will say, too, that's interesting. This has been being talked about a little bit today uh, as we're recording on on Tuesday, that the uh, or John Elway was saying that this is the reason we got Gary Kubiak, that we had to let John Fox go and we went to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think that's interesting too because now you're he saying he actually came out and said that. Basically, he's saying this is why okay. we got rid of John Fox, and this is why we went with Gary Kubiak, the direction we went in. And I'm saying you have to win now. No, you do. You can't go out there and say this and then not it, win. If Kubiak if Kubiak loses, now it looks like well, wait, you got this guy to win and you lost. He did the same yeah. thing John Fox did. So why did we get rid of John Fox? Mm, exactly. So they got to do it. The exact quote from L.A. was, we got a good regular season but struggled in the first round. So yeah, the the idea, the goal, was was what our owner wants is to win a championship. That's why we made the decision last year to go in a different direction. And Gary's done a tremendous job. See, and I don't buy that, though. I do mm-hmm. not buy that. The reason why I don't is when you see Kubiak as a player, he was a three-time AFC champion in 80, 86, 87, and... 89, of course, all with the Broncos because that's where he played his career. And, I mean, I know he's a three-time Super Bowl champion as a head coach, but those Super Bowls that he was on, I mean, the 49ers, who who was his— Not as a head coach. Not a head coach. This is just as a coach, period. So the first Super Bowl he won, he was a quarterback's coach. Huh. Who was his—and I'll give you a hint, Mark— his Mm -hmm. young quarterback— might it be a Steven? It was a Steve Young. Then the the next Super Bowl he was in as a coach. Well, the next two, actually. Who was his quarterback who is now his boss? John Elway. John Elway. It's kind of hard to say, I well, you John know what? Elway. I won these Super Bowl. Like, yeah. I'm a Super Bowl winning coach when your quarter like your quarterbacks are two of the best Hall of Famers mm-hmm. that, like, we, we talk about this game is Steve Young and John Elway. John Elway being the one that actually got to ride off into the sunset yeah. holding that Lombardi trophy over his head. So to me it to me I look more at what did you do when you were the Houston Texans head coach? How many playoff wins did you have then, big guy? Whopping Not zero. So many. Right? It's zero yeah. or one. I don't remember zero or one. Mm-hmm. 
I think he was he was uh, one and one with or two and two wins with uh, Houston. Beat the Bengals. He beat the Bengals. Oh, of that course, one the year. Bengals. Yeah, because the Bengals have zero. But it's still. What did you do then? You didn't do anything. So mm-hmm. to me, I put if if you were asking me, well, Ricky, who's got the advantage at head coach, Panthers or? The Broncos, I'm going with Ron Rivera. You like Riverboat Ron? I love Riverboat Ron. And it's a, it's weird because it kind of contradicts what I just said because Ron Rivera, this is his first head coaching job. He has never been a head coach before he came to the Carolina Panthers in 2011. However, as a player, he played on one of the best goddamn teams they ever play in the NFL. That's right. Ron Rivera's uh, head coaching regular season winning percentage is 59.6%. Gary Kubiak, if you look at him, he's got a uh, five, uh, 51% winning percentage. So about the, a 5 5% difference between the two. And then in the postseason, uh, Kubiak has a 60% winning percentage, where uh, Rivera has a 60% winning percentage as well. And that's in a shorter, I want to say a shorter time period, maybe even... The same as Kubiak wasn't with the Texans for that long. It was shorter. Okay. And then, like I was saying, though, with the Bears, like he played on that 85 Bears team. Mm-hmm. The, to me, as a Vikings fan, maybe it's because I grew up in Chicago, so I got to hear about it. Like everyone that I grew up with sang the Super Bowl shuffle, even though it was like the 90s and the 2000s. That's the best. To me, that's the mm-hmm. best team to ever play, oh, and I sure. wasn't alive for it. I've got it on vinyl. <laughs> what the That's game? The game the, or the, the Super Bowl? Song? Okay, got it on vinyl. Of course, you got to have it. Uh, yeah, it's just you know I I don't necessarily know if I would lean one way or another. I think people know my opinions on Gary Kubiak. I don't think he's anything special. I think he's benefited from some really well built rosters mm-hmm. well, uh, and fun. hasn't done what he needs to with those well, rosters. I think you brought it up in a old podcast when you texted during it was last yeah. week during the AFC championship game you texted our little text group and you're like man i hate seeing gary kubiak in the super bowl he's not that great of a head coach and brandon swanson here at most valuable podcast was like what are you talking about and you guys had a little argument about the Cubs. yeah because well he's benefited from these really well-built teams mm-hmm. and hasn't done enough to get them anywhere you know significant and in this case he's got peyton manning the best quarterback but not in his prime. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it dangerous. That's what makes it difficult. Because if it was Peyton Manning, you know, back in the Colts days, then I don't think there's any questions about it. You got this team is the team you have, and you got Peyton Manning over in the Colts, you're going to win. You're going to beat the Carolina Panthers. But you don't have that in this situation. Um, you know, I, I think that Peyton Manning really, he needs to win this one. I am not well, one of those this is people. His last chance. I'm not one of those people that talks. You know, about how players can ruin their legacy. Oh, what's their legacy going to be after this one thing? No, he's Dan. Yeah, well, but he's this not is dangerous. Dan, he's not Dan Marino because he has won. But this is. But he's known as the choker. Mm-hmm. He's known as the guy who gets there and chokes. Kind of almost, you know, how Brett Favre just was only able to get one. If he loses this game, then, like, you could already say he's already below his brother. But if he yeah, loses, better Manning is if better. He's, if he loses this game, Eli Manning will always elite. be known as Elite Manning and Better Manning because not only did he win more Super Bowls, he beat the GOAT both times. Yeah. He beat the GOAT Tom Brady both times. But we're going to move on before we do. Final prediction. What's your score for Super Bowl 50? All right. My score for Super Bowl 50, like I said, I think it's going to be a lower game than a lot of people expect. I'm going to go with 
17. 24-17. For the Broncos winning. I'm going to go 38-14 in favor of the Panthers. And I'll let Sean jump in. You want to say your prediction, your score for Super Bowl 50? It's going to be uh, reminiscent of that uh, Super Bowl 20 victory that Ron Rivera had over the New England Patriots. They won 46-10 to over the New England Patriots. I'm taking the Panthers 45-10. 45-10. Still not the uh, largest amount of victory, though. Uh, Bengals won, f- or, uh, 49ers beat the Bengals 55-10. to So still not up there in the largest victory. So we're going to move over now to a different conversation. We're going to get away from the Super Bowl because like I said earlier, Mark, we had two things go on this week where they're like, wait, wait, you, you don't want to talk about the Super Bowl, right? One of them being Calvin Johnson, 30 years old, decides to hang it up. I'll just plain and simple. Your first reaction when you saw Calvin Johnson will, re- will decide to retire. I was surprised because he's young. And that kind of, you know, throws me for a bit of a loop. But really... Before I let this man talk over here, mm-hmm. before I let Sean interject, uh, <laughs> my honest first reaction was, I'm not necessarily surprised, but really? You got you got to have some more years in you. Let's be clear here. He has not officially announced his retirement. There is no beneficial word from either Calvin Johnson's side or uh, the Lions' side. It was just a report that before the season, Calvin Johnson said that he planned to retire to Jim Caldwell. So there hasn't been an official word that he has retired. But he told Jim, he had already talked to Jim Caldwell. People change their mind. Brett Favre, mm-hmm. man, you might get that well, itch. Uh, Brett yeah. Favre could come back at Which any is time funny still. because there's a Wrangler jeans <laughs> ad on my computer right now. Just, yeah. But it's the Drew Brees one instead of Brett, Brett Favre. Favre. Brett Favre can come back. Well, now Brett Favre's copper fit. So oh, I love that copper fit I didn't commercial. know he changed. But, uh, yeah, with Calvin Johnson, it was one of those things where my first, like if we're doing word association, I'm going to say this. Carson Palmer came to my head. The reason being is I'm like, oh, he's going to retire so that he can go play with the Patriots for a season like Randy Moss. Is that what's going to happen? And then as I read the ESPN report, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he does think. Because the thing is, and this is a conversation they've been having on SportsCenter is, is this going to become a trend in the NFL where guys who, especially running back, wide receiver, we're going to see them retire earlier than we have in the past? I mean, it's possible. Um, I wouldn't jump on that bandwagon yet. I really don't think that it'll be too big. I can see why people are going to say it because, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the concussion movie, just go watch it. Well, and running backs already, like mm-hmm. they hit 30 and it's like, well, your career is over. Yeah, running backs are a different beast. I mean, mm-hmm. their their career usually ends before they hit 30. Uh, very few running backs get to be, you know, Matt Forte out there who's still in his prime. and <laughs> still, still in cl- his prime? Still in the prime, still climbing up there in years. Um so, you know, not many people get to do that. With wide receivers, I don't know. I mean, Calvin Johnson, sure, he takes a lot of hits because he's the number one. I mean, he's the only guy, essentially. And Golden Tate showed up for once. But uh, for the longest time, the Lions had nobody. Nobody to help him out. Well, and for Lions fans, I I don't even know what you guys are going through because it's one of those things where it's like, hey, man, I thought we had Calvin Johnson locked up until the 20, 2020 would be when he mm-hmm. ended this contract at 34, and it's like, great, now I don't get three more seasons of Calvin Johnson. And, I mean, the thing is, was should the should the 
Lions have done something? Should they have said, okay, maybe we should get, maybe getting Golden Tate was them saying, okay, let's go ahead and try to get something for the future. No, that was more them getting that second wide receiver. Should they have saw this in like the back of their minds and said, okay, maybe we should find his replacement because this is like a huge blow to this team. Yeah, it is, definitely. I mean, the Lions aren't that good to begin with, but this is a huge blow to this team. I mean, team. you definitely had the idea for Lions fans out there that, all right, well, at least we got Calvin Johnson. You know, at least we have that one piece there that we know we don't have to worry about that. Now it's, oh, great, we don't have a wide receiver anymore. You know, because who's the next guy up? Is it mm-hmm. Golden Tate? Because, yeah, he can do well when he's got a guy like Calvin Johnson out there. But that's, you know, it's not going to be anything bigger and better than that. You're going to go to the draft, and I don't think you're going to be happy with what you find. Interjecting here on what you guys said about the Lions should have saw this coming. Uh, Lions have been owned by the Ford family since 1963, and it's pretty uh, similar to uh, the Barry Sanders situation where Barry retired at the age of, I think I believe he was 30 years old. He, He retired very early. As well, and I mean, I don't know. In the back of my mind, I kind of think, I don't think Calvin Johnson's done. I don't. I feel this is a thing where Calvin Johnson is either going to say, hey, you know what, I don't want to play for you guys anymore, and really, like, because of the injuries that I have had, maybe I don't want to play. The only reason, like, the only way I'd play is if I can win a Super Bowl. And he probably was like, let's be honest, Jim. We're not going to win a Super Bowl next year. Yeah. And Jim was probably like, you know what? You're right. So there's a, there's the only way I see Calvin Johnson playing next year is if he retires and then says, oh, I'm going to come out of retirement to play with the GOAT Tom Brady and do the Randy Moss thing and have one more, one more like last ride set records with Tom Brady, go undefeated, and then lose to Eli in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's definitely possible. It's about time Eli wins another Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Make it 3-0 and when his brother goes 1-4. and Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Sean shaking his head because he's the, uh, the resident Patriot fan in the room. But the one question that we haven't asked, it's the title of this video if you're watching it on the YouTube channel on SoundCloud. It's just the whole podcast. But Calvin Johnson, let's say he doesn't go to the Patriots. And this is truly it for Calvin Johnson. Is he a Hall of Famer, Mark? I say yeah. I definitely say yes. Um, I don't necessarily gonna, I'm not going to say he's you know first ballot Hall of Famer. He's definitely not going to be the absolute best wide receiver, mm-hmm. but he was the best in the NFL during his time. You know, he changed he the, the way that the game was played. He created essentially the just go up and get it game that all teams are trying to mimic right now. He was the only target for the for the Detroit Lions. And everybody feared Calvin Johnson. Nobody in the league could stop Calvin Johnson except for Peanut Tillman. Only man that could stop him. And I'd just like to take that pride as a Chicago Bears fan that Charles Tillman was the only guy that could stop him. Single-handedly was able to stop him. Just looking records-wise, uh, J- Calvin Johnson's 27th uh, all-time in receiving yards. There are 14 guys ahead of him that are not in the Hall of Fame. That does include, like, T.O. and Randy Moss, mm-hmm. guys who will be in there, but that does still include 14 guys ahead of him who have higher uh, receiving yards in their career but still not made it to the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, and I mean, Probably look, longer careers, I'd imagine. Yeah, and I mean, too. looking at 
Calvin Johnson's stats because I think we got to put that into consideration. Of course, when thinking about the Hall of Fame, this is what he had over his career right now: seven hundred and thirty-one receptions, eleven thousand six hundred and nineteen total yards, an average of fifteen point nine yards per catch, eighty-three touchdowns over his illustrious career. And then the rushing stats, we don't have to look at that. He had also had 555 first downs. And I want to compare that really quickly, Sean, before you come in and give us a stat. The last wide receiver to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Chris Carter. Here was his stat line through 16 seasons. He had over 1,000 receptions, 13,899 yards, and 130 touchdowns. A lot more than Calvin Johnson. However, there's around, I want to say, 15, 15 receivers from the modern-day era that have under 11,000 yards, and they're still in the Hall of Fame. You shrug off that whole rushing stats by uh, Calvin Johnson. He does have a rushing touchdown in okay, his rookie he has season. one rushing touchdown. I guess we can it put that on It adds to there. the career totals of touchdowns. He it, just climbs the ladder more, so I'm helping your, okay, helping your case. Okay, so you're helping me get him into the Hall of Fame. But, Mark, the one thing I want to throw out there is that 15. There are... Guys like just old players like Raymond Barry, mm-hmm. who was more of a tight end, but he had nine a thousand. Bolitnikov had eight thousand nine hundred yards. You had guys like Michael Irvin, who the playmaker, he had eleven thousand nine hundred. To me, that like Michael Irvin's stat line for his career sounds similar to Calvin Johnson with seven hundred and fifty career receptions. 11,904 receiving yards. However, the 65 touchdowns is what gives Michael Irvin, and that's even way less than Calvin Johnson. So Calvin Johnson beats him in touchdowns. He has about 300 less yards and about 20 less receptions, and Michael Irvin's in the Hall of Fame. There's also another thing that Michael Irvin beats Calvin Johnson in is that uh, Michael Irvin has three Super Bowls. And Kevin Johnson doesn't even have a playoff win. Does that hurt him though, Mark? I mean, Is he played the for the, he played for the Lions. You know, <laughs> we got to take into account that it's the Lions, only team in NFL history to go zero and sixteen. Michael Irving's Michael Irvin stats, but he doesn't have any Super Bowls. What do you think on the Calvin Johnson? Just looking at everything that I just spewed out at oh, you. Oh, I Mark. said at the beginning he should go to the Hall of Famer. He's, uh, he should go to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He is a Hall of Famer. In my eyes, without a question. Um, like I said, not first ballot. You know, it's not like everyone's going to immediately vote him in. I think it'll take a little bit. You don't think he's a first ballot guy? I don't think so. I think there'll be some guys that might go before him. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on who is there. You know, who's available to possibly go in uh, when it comes down to it. But, yeah, I think he'll get in. I really do. Especially now is the way the NFL is going. I mean, he is the guy who made everything go the way it is. We can't forget about the, you know, I forget the amount of yards he had. What was it, mm-hmm. two seasons ago? The, the season that really brought him into yeah. the Hall of Fame conversation. But you can't forget about that. I mean, that was just insanely impressive. Three seasons ago, it was 1,964 yards, the most in a single season. But I think the thing that really stands out is that he still has NFL records, like most consecutive games with at least 100 yards receiving. That's eight. He has most consecutive games with at least 10 receptions. That's four. But I think uh, I'm going to throw out two names here. 
Calvin Johnson is tied for seasons with 1,600 yards receiving. He is tied with two other players, Marvin Harrison and Torrey Holt. Two guys who are not in the Hall of Fame are up for induction soon. Is Calvin Johnson going to be in before Marvin Harrison or Torrey Holt, or are they have similar records in all three will be in? I'm going to go Torrey Holt gets in before Calvin Johnson. It's going to go Holt, Johnson, Harrison in the order of which they go in, if not two at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think Harrison, the thing that, I mean, people may chastise me because I grew up with Marv, like watching him and Peyton Manning, but with Marvin Harrison, I also kind of think about did Peyton Manning improve his play when they were in Indy? Yeah. Peyton Manning has been known to do that to a lot of players. And, I mean, I mean, we say it all the time with Denver, with like mm-hmm. Eric Decker. Of course, he had a good year this past year with Fitzpatrick, but when he came over from Denver— But he's we, also opposite of Brandon Marshall. Yeah. We immediately case. said, well, how much did Peyton Manning kind of improve your numbers? Same with Wes Welker a little bit. I think Marvin Harrison is a completely different discussion than Wes Welker yeah. or Julian Edelman. No, I, know. I think he's Randy Moss territory where this guy would have been great. I mean, he has the most mm-hmm. most reception of the season. He's compar- up there like in top of the—he's higher than basically everyone. But I'm saying compared to—I mean, the thing with Torrey Holt— That's the Holt, thing that people use yeah. to knock him down. The thing with Torrey Holt that puts—like Megatron is almost Torrey Holt level, but with Torrey Holt to me— you don't get a nickname with your wide receiver partner like the greatest show on turf. Like to me, maybe yet again, I grew up in the late nineties, early two thousands. Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, that to me is the second best wide receiver tandem right behind Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Mm-hmm. Right behind those two. So that's why to me, Torrey Holt gets in ahead of Calvin Johnson. Okay, but Kurt Warner is also a Hall of Fame quarterback who was Torrey Holt. I mean, uh, Torrey, yeah, Torrey Holt's quarterback for most of his career. And then also, who's number three on that list? I would probably put Reggie Wayne and, uh, what's his name? Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Why mm-hmm. did I say that? And to me, the one thing I'm going to throw in to Sean's interjection is Kurt Warner may have been a Hall of Famer at the end of his career, but at that time when he came to the Rams, he was bagging groceries in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Probably voting in the caucus, Mark. Probably not voting on the caucus, actually. <laughs> but yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, no. I I would agree with. I would agree with a lot of the things we're saying. I think mm-hmm. to bring it back to the initial question of here, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson gets in. Tory Holt can go in before him. Um, I actually would have probably said Harrison might get in before him, if not at the same time. Real quick, I'm interjecting on the Kurt Warner. Like bash at me. Hold on. First year, first season in the league. Uh, Kurt Warner. 4,353 yards, 41 touchdowns, and then two, two seasons after that in 2001 where they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 4,830 yards oh, and 36 touchdowns. I'm not saying he touchdowns. wasn't a good quarterback. That, I'm just, those were his two best seasons right there. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't make it in the in the latter half of his career in Arizona. I'm just saying, like, when before he had that Super Bowl year, he was mm-hmm. bagging groceries in Iowa. We didn't even know who he was. I believe he played. he was in the NFL, went to the Arena Football League, then he was a little bit bagged. It would have been what, came Canadian with the Rams. football. Along the same lines of the Canadian Football League, he started off in the Green Bay Packers on the practice squad, then went to the Iowa Barnstormers, which is an AFL team, and then he went to the NFL Europe League for the Amsterdam Admirals and then was signed to the St. Louis Rams. Did you just compare the the uh, Green Bay Packers to the CFL? Because I hope so. Well, no. I mean, I was comparing them. Not, no, I was comparing NFL Euro to the uh. CFL. 
Okay, I was hoping you were comparing uh, the Green Bay Packers. No, to they're, the CFL. they're below. They're below them. The All NFL right. Europe. Now I got you. Now I got you. And Green Bay Packer fans are probably like, "Wait, we had him. He was on the practice squad. He was an off-season and/or pack practice yeah, call, squad." Calm member down, you guys had Brett, You guys got Brett Favre yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. Calm he down. He has had Brett Favre, but I mean, getting back to the original discussion before we get the final verdict, I think both of us are going to say the same thing, though. Yeah. A little comparison of who the wide receiver from the modern era with the best stats, and I think if I read the stats off, you'll be able to tell me who it is, over 22,000 yards, 1,500 receptions, 14,000 yard seasons, 208 total touchdowns in 20 seasons. Do you know who that is, Mark? I do not. He played with uh, Steve Young. Oh, we're talking, about, we're talking about Rice? Yeah, Jerry Rice. Yeah. He's the best wide receiver I, in, in the modern era, pool. I'm trying to think of yeah. a guy who's around right now. And no, I was like, the, there's nobody. They're who's saying done that. the modern era kind of stretches a little bit. I'm interjecting here just for the fact that you said Jerry Rice with Steve Young. I think of him more like, I don't know, <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana, Who? too. Who's Joe Montana? <laughs> Jesus. Well, yet again, I'm showing my age here, 26. Uh, I don't really, the Joe Montana days, I wasn't very, I was a young, young yipper, maybe. Also, I'm jumping in here. You said Marvin Harrison is like, you know, Pete Manning posted his stats. <laughs> Jerry Rice in his best Jerry season Rice played with is, Steve Young and Joe Montana. Jerry Rice so, is the best wide receiver I'm ever not, touched I'm not I'm not saying he's not, but also, I mean, if you're if we're talking greatest quarterbacks and quarterback and wide receiver tandems, mm-hmm. you also got to say that Jerry yeah. Rice played with some pretty damn good Jerry quarterbacks. Jerry Rice played with yeah. some great quarterbacks now, as it, well. To talk about tandems, though, Calvin Johnson wasn't playing with anybody. Oh no, until Calvin like, Johnson was Calvin until Johnson. Like maybe this past year, he had Golden Tate. Yeah, that doesn't count as that, much. No, that's. I mean, we'd put Elshon and Brandon Marshall. Ahead of that, yes. Uh, Roy Williams, you guys are completely leaving out Roy Williams <laughs> and all the other Detroit Lions wide receiver busts. He's the only one that actually stuck. Yeah, and also Calvin Johnson played with a lot of backup quarterbacks. Yeah, well, Dan Ar- he played with Dan Ar- Matt Arlowski Stafford too, got right? hurt a lot. Yeah, he got hurt a lot. But the final verdict that I'm saying he's in, I'm he's gonna in. Even say he's in first ballot. Nah, maybe. I'm not gonna give him first ballot, but I'll say he's in. But okay, we're gonna move to our final topic of the podcast and. We're going to the place, Mark, that we love to go, get the summer home there, Yeah, kind of look out over Lake Erie. We're going to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We're, and the reason why we're back in Cleveland yet we, again— We just can't get away. Is can't get away from Cleveland. Johnny Football is—he's officially done. and Not officially. No, they said they're going to release him. He's and not they official can, until Monday. Yeah, well, he's still on the team. They said they're going to release him. The earliest they can release him is Monday. However, the new league calendar starts March Ninth, and here's how it works: If they release him, which probably they will, because who's going to trade for him? Because Johnny Football hasn't played four seasons, well, more than four seasons in the NFL, he's going to hit a waiver system, and in the off season, it follows the draft order. I'm gonna take you through it. Tennessee, they're going to say no. We got Marcus. Then number two, it skips over Cleveland. Number three, the Chargers, they're going to say, oh well, well, we got Philip Rivers, who's sitting there at four. Jerry Jones, or as I like to call him, Mr. Burns in Dallas, just mm-hmm. saying, Smithers, get me Johnny Manziel. You know what's funny about this, though, too? If somehow Johnny Manziel got through all 32 teams, or 31 other teams in this case, he could be put on the practice squad. <laughs> Cleveland can say, biggest slap oh. in the face, congrats, you're on the practice squad You now. know, You know what's going to happen? This is what I think may happen. If he goes through the entire waivers, knowing just what they do, 
the Patriots will pick him up, put him on the practice squad like Tim Tebow, let everybody talk about him, mm-hmm. and then release him before the season starts, just like they did Tim Tebow. That'd be fun. Yeah, it'll be really hard to see him get past uh, get past Jerry Jones in Dallas. I just can't see it happening. I think he gets paid. The thing that is w- what Jerry Jones is going to think, though, is do I want to pick up that rookie contract because he's got two years left on it, or do I – take the risk, see if he goes all the way through the waivers, because there's other teams that could go ahead. I really don't think anyone's gonna take him besides Jerry Jones. I really think he's the only person you don't think Houston maybe why would they want him? him? No no another Texas no GM is crazy enough to get this circus on their team. An owner that is crazy enough is a guy that's moving to LA, Stan Kroenke. L.A. Rams. Oh, you think the Rams go ahead and take football? It would be interesting to see him in L.A. Because if we went— He would probably, like, go absolutely Cause, insane cause and be TMZ's favorite person in the world. Because let's be honest. if Let's say Dallas says, no, we're not. Jacksonville, they've got Blake Bortles. The Ravens, we've got Joe Flacco. We're happy. Chip Kelly. Does Chip Kelly maybe pull try to get the Niners to pull the trigger on him, especially with what you said before mm. we hit the record button that— Kaepernick wants to play with the Jets. Yeah, for some reason. I mean, this is the Chip Kelly is the coach who will work with Colin Kaepernick, who likes Colin Kaepernick, and he's like, nah, I want to go play does for the Chip Jets. Does Chip Kelly then try to maybe, if let's say Manziel falls in the waivers to them, does if he say— If it was just a situation where Johnny Football wasn't playing well, mm-hmm. then I say yeah. But with all the off-field issues, I don't think anyone really is going to want him. I mean, maybe if you can really just stash him away on a roster, but you're not going to let this kid start. He's already proven he can't handle it. I could see the Saints, maybe, and the reason being is we can stash him behind Drew Brees. And this is only if teams don't think, like, the Goffs, the Lynches, the You really want to trust Johnny Manziel in Louisiana and NOLA? Okay, true. True, especially around Mardi Gras time, but that's Super Bowl time. And they're not going to play with Johnny Manziel at Super Bowl time. Doesn't matter. He's going to do I mean, dumb Marty, things. Mardi Gras is technically after the season, so I mean, you don't have to worry about that. The Rams hit. 15. That's even worse. He's got more time to do <laughs> dumb got, stuff. He's got more time to do dumb stuff. And I mean, I'm looking Houston. They're the latest team because all the playoff teams are not going to take Johnny Manziel. You bring up Mardi Gras. Uh, it's Tuesday, February 9th this mm-hmm. year. The, tenth. The, the, the Is it the tenth? Or the ninth. It's the, the ninth. Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe going to Disney World, he'll be going to Mardi Gras. He'll yeah. be there no matter what. He doesn't care. He'll be there. For sure. No, I just think that there's no no team is really going to except want to Cowboys. take this risk. Except the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, except for them because the Cowboys don't care about anything. They Well, Jerry Jones is crazy enough. Jerry Jones wants the circus. He wants the you know, the the kind of crowd to hate him. He wants to be the heel in a way, which is weird because they're America's team. But he wants to be that bad boy kind of attitude. He likes that type of thing because that's what they had when they were such a good team. Now, they had really good players, and they had a lot of things working for them. It's not just that they were bad boys, and that's why they were a good team and won Super Bowls. You want to know something funny? I'm looking at a graphic here from ESPN. Brown's first-round picks for the last five drafts. Who do you think, out of the last five drafts who they've selected in the first round, Mark, which player do you think has the most snaps from this past season? Who played the most snaps? I don't know. Really don't. I'll give you some hints. It's either Danny Shelton, Johnny Manziel, Barcavius Mingo, or Justin Gilbert. 
I don't even did Justin Gilbert do anything? Does he still Justin Gilbert forty nine snaps last season? Wow. So he came in last. Mingo two hundred and thirty four. Yeah. Manziel four seventeen. Danny Shelton played the most snaps last season with four eighty seven. However, there was six hundred and eighty three NFL players with more snaps than Shelton. Well, yeah. I mean, the Browns suck at drafting is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it goes to what I constantly say about the Browns. They're going to draft a quarterback. The quarterback's going to be a Browns quarterback. And then in a couple of years, they're going to draft another quarterback. That's all they do. That's all that the Browns do. Will it ever end? Probably not. But, it, you know, it's just sad. You know who, I think, you you know who I think the Browns need to draft at number two? Carson Wentz. I know that the whole thing is... Everyone's going, well, Goff is probably going to be the guy. Let's be honest. We have an entire draft process to go through before we decide who's going to go at number two. But I think when it's all said and done, Cleveland, like Carson Wentz, I like him. So I don't want to see him go to Cleveland because that's where quarterbacks go to die, especially Mm -hmm. young quarterbacks go to die. But he's the guy that they need to draft is Carson Wentz. It would he's, be strange to see him jump up over the other quarterbacks. Uh, it really would. Well, he's a guy that, I mean, Hugh Jackson can work with. He's a mm-hmm. tall, athletic quarterback. He's smart so that he'll like actually stay and study the playbook and pick it up quickly. He's that. He's To me, he's NFL ready. The only mm-hmm. thing that's the biggest question mark is, he played in the FCS. Yeah. However, talent level's definitely Garoppolo, different. I mean, he isn't started yet, but Garoppolo played in the FCS. Romo played in the FCS. There have been Kurt Warner, or no, Kurt Warner went to Northern Iowa. But there are other quarterbacks that have played against weaker foes and have mm. come out on top. But, you, have the, you know, I mean, Tony Romo's the, probably the most popular, yeah. most well-known. And Tony Romo's really the only one that, I don't want to say the only one who's been successful. because I don't Flacco, know- too. He went to Delaware State. So you got you do have a Super Bowl winning quarterback yeah. in that, but it's very rare. It's very hard to find that type of gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have it in here, but part of me kind of feels like it's just going to be another Jimmy Garoppolo situation where it's the coveted backup. Mm-hmm. It's the guy you want behind your quarterback because you know you can rely on him if you need him for a few snaps got, or a game. I got one more thing in my back pocket I'll throw at you, see if this impresses you. All right. He's a led the Bison to back-to-back national championships Mm -hmm. however every single year he's been on the bison they've won a championship because they've won five straight championships it's almost like alabama of the fcs of the fcs fargo north dakota yeah (laughs) everybody loves north dakota if we're comparing him to alabama quarterbacks what's his wife looking like no good question do do young boys in alabama want to go play football there that's your job uh looking up carson girlfriend you boys want to (laughs) go i tell you you play football in alabama and you're going to get yourself a nice looking Uh, lady you you you're you're brett musburger (sighs) and then some big breaths (laughs) from brett musburger but i mean johnny manzel does he fix the problems? That I think that's the big thing is like if we can talk about him going anywhere in the world, but is he going to fix the problems that he needs to fix? I, I can't imagine that he does. I mean the, the guy went to essentially rehab um for a while and nothing really seemed to change. For a little bit, it seemed like it was the right stuff, but it really seemed like it was just something his agent said hey, why don't you just go hang out and lay low for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, in a few weeks, we'll bring you back out. Everything will be good again. Uh, you know, I just don't 
I can't imagine anything working out for Johnny Manziel. To me, he's just another one of these, you know, these quarterback busts, essentially. And it's unfortunate because he was good. I was saying that he was more likely to get himself hurt. And that's why his career would end. Like RG3 style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I really thought that's what the big issue was going to be. But turns out it was just that he couldn't handle the NFL. He couldn't handle the fame, which is funny because he, you know, Mm -hmm. fame was his thing, the the big money things. Now he's going to be remembered as like Jamarcus Russell, essentially, not being able to handle it. Or, I mean, I guess you could throw Ryan Leaf in there. One of these type of guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the analogy. You know me. When I get an analogy, Mark, I love my analogies. When I get an analogy, I love my this, analogies. This is the analogy I'm going to use for Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel is that guy in college that partied all the time, was the life of the party. Everyone loved to be around him. Then he graduated with like a business degree. And he's working at, like, either a startup or, like, he's still in his hometown doing, like, real estate. But he goes to the local college, and he's, like, the 26-year-old that still shows up. And he's like, woo, we're going to party this weekend. It's like, dude, you graduated, like, five years ago. Mm -hmm. What are you still doing here? Like, the 30-year-old that still shows up to college parties. Yeah. That's Johnny Manziel right now. And uh, if I was anyone, I would say I would say that to him and go, is that who you want to be? And the 30-year-old yeah, that shows up to college parties? Do you want to be Matthew McConaughey? I think that is what he wants to be. I really do. He's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I definitely get what you're saying. I agree with you. Um, from fast. Uh, he's not ready to grow up. From Ridgemont High. I agree. It is Brandon Swanson. It is. As, as Sean is pointing <laughs> out. That's just Brandon Swanson. Uh but, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't think he's ready to grow up. I don't think he can handle it. I think he's going to have a great 30 for 30 in, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years, probably less than that. What um, if I told you that the spotlight was just too high? Too hot. Too, too hot, better. too high. Yeah. What do you got, Sean? What if I told you with more money came more problems? Oh, that's a with good With more one. money that came is a good more one. problems. And then just him flashing the uh, – the money, the signs. money, Manzel sign. Oh, that that that's it. That's it. Sean Sean earned his paycheck this podcast. Also, Carson Wentz. There's nothing official a wife status, but mm-hmm. if you go to his Twitter, he did. Uh, Could have a girlfriend. He did quote a tweet. It's uh, I think it's along the lines of North Dakota. It's about some girl getting an interview or something, and then he quoted it with the heart, uh, the heart eye emoji, and then mm-hmm. the, the praise one. Uh, so I mean, not Catherine Webb status. So I don't know, and that might not even be his girlfriend. That so. may not. It's just some it's, girl. That's that's the closest thing I'm finding. Maybe it's his sister. <laughs> Maybe Who knows? it's his Ugh. sister. But it's I North mean, Dakota. <laughs> we're not going to get into that now, Mark. But with Johnny, we're Manziel, comparing him to Alabama. Let's say he does go to Dallas. Let's say Dallas is the one. Yeah. Does Jerry Jones fix him? No. Oh God, no. <laughs> Jerry Jones doesn't do anything. Jerry Jones wants him to be a disaster. Jerry Jones he wants likes the reality that. show. Yeah, oh, he loves it. He, and then he's going to, you know, be like, "Hey, can we please have hard knocks?" The NFL go, "Eh, I don't know. Can we please have hard knocks, please? Please, please, please." No one else is going to ask. Yeah. It'll be the te- you're the teacher. It'll be the teacher situation <laughs> where that one kid's in the back. He's uh, he's not even in the seat anymore raising his hand. Yeah. No, and then I, I you're know like, those guys. Anybody? I know anybody? those guys. I mean, you're basically putting Johnny Football into Texas where he's from and mm-hmm. where he's just being where he's he surrounded knows by where Texas all the party is. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to be close to Austin and then also in the hard knocks situation, Buffalo is giving him a run for the money with the rec, uh, the Ryan brothers uh, mm-hmm. rejoining yeah. up in Buffalo. I, oh man, I hope hard knocks, I hope. hard knocks with the uh, 
with the Ryan brothers. Before Rex gets fired. Before he, well, they don't make the playoffs, he's going to get fired. Yeah. So he brings his fucking brother in. The guy who's been, like, what, three different places in the last three years? Fuck it. One last ride, right? Yeah, sure. One last ride. You know what? Go out burning. That's what I say. But you didn't give the last thing I'll ask you before we wrap up the podcast. Sure. Where does Cleveland go? You didn't give your answer of what they should Where does Cleveland go? Where do they go to move on from Johnny Manziel? They get a quarterback. Which one, Mark? Which one you leaning? You're leaning towards golf? He's number one on the board. He's the one that you also had going in, in my your mock latest draft. mock draft. Yeah. I think I had him going there with mine, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure who I'm going to have going to them in 2.0. I, I know, like you said, Goff is the he's number one on the board right now, but it's one of those things of could Wentz be? Because let's be honest, when we're when we were talking midseason, Paxton Lynch was the guy. Oh, he's mm-hmm. the guy. He's the one you want. Now it's golf. As we get further towards the process, does it turn into Wentz? I kind of feel that Wentz will be the guy who people are most excited about at the end of the first round. Because I think we're going to have all three quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see my mock draft to see where I think they're going to go. But I think he's going to be the one that people are most excited about and won't be playing. Not yet. And let's be honest, I looked at... Both of ours, mine was so early in the process that I had them going Joey Bosa at number two and not a quarterback. Yours was a month later. Mm-hmm. You had them going Goff over Paxton Lynch and Carson Wentz. Both of us had the three quarterbacks going in the first round. But you can check those mock drafts down below in the description. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast today. I also want to thank... Sean, for being our Tony Reale today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, coming on. I love having you on podcast, man. You're a blast. You're a hoot name. You're, you're a real nice guy, Ricky. I am you're a real nice, nice guy. guy. Mark's okay. But yeah, that's, that's right. But you can follow us on Twitter. Sean's at Schwarbo. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber with two E's. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. If you're listening to the podcast on SoundCloud, hit that nice heart button. Hit that repost button. It really helps us out. Also, follow us on SoundCloud. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. It's that easy. Thank you guys again for checking out The Onside Kick. We'll talk to you guys next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.